0: to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, get your Bibles tonight. Go to Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 1. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. Oh Lord, I thank you for the revelation you've given us through this not flesh and blood to help us understand that there is a spirit world that's more real than even the natural world we see. Father, continue to remove our eyes from the natural realm, get them in the spirit realm where they belong. Help us to connect with spiritual beings such as angels and your Holy Ghost and Jesus himself. And we thank you for all the spiritual gifts you've given each and every one of us here. Father, we thank you for once again showing us more and more good stuff tonight. We give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Okay, tonight we're going to talk about... uh, something I learned a long time ago when I studied the Bible, it's actually scriptural for you to dominate the devil. Anybody who's born again in scripture, it basically tells you that a born again believer should be dominating the devil. Now there's two choices. You are either dominating him... Or He is dominating you. There's no middle ground between each one. So basically you have to understand who you are, what your position is, and what God has called you to do and what He's made you so that you can live in victory 24 hours, 7 days a week. The worst thing to do is not live in victory and blame everybody but yourself. Say we want to blame everybody else, this person, that person. But notice, you're the one who was born into the kingdom of God. You're the one who has the gifts of God. You're the one who has the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you. And really, it's up to you how you're going to live your own life. So basically, don't use excuses about other people. No, change yourself. Continue to change. Continue to grow up. Continue to get revelation from the Word of God. And you'll live more and more victory no matter what anybody else does around you. Praise God. All right, Ephesians chapter 1, look at verse 17. Paul is praying a prayer here. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance is in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who believe believe. ...according to the working of His mighty power which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world but also in that which is to come. And He has put all things under His feet and gave them to be the head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him that fills all in all." If you ever come across prayers like this in, in the Bible, it'd be a good prayer for you. Yes. I mean, if it's a Holy Ghost prayer and it worked for Paul, then basically it'll work for us too. So this is one of the prayers that I pray quite a bit. Paul is praying for the church. How many of you are a part of the church? Yes. And notice what he said. First of all, he wants our eyes to be enlightened. Now, what's he talking about there? He's talking about revelation. What is revelation? Revelation is spirit things revealed to you. Not natural things, but spirit things revealed to you. When God reveals things to you and you get a revelation of them, spirit things will become just as real to you as natural things are to you. How many of you believe there's a hell? How many of you ever been there? So through revelation of the Word of God and through hearing the Word of God, you believe there's a heaven. You believe there's a hell. You've never been there, but these are spiritual things that brought a revelation into your life so that you understand things of the Spirit. Now why is it important to understand things of the Spirit? Because you are one you are, you're a spirit so it's important to understand spiritual things more than natural things because you're not a natural person no matter what anybody tells you you're a spirit being and you live in a physical body, notice what it says here that your eyes would be enlightened that you would know the hope of his calling, say his calling calling. notice his calling, say his his calling, and here's the thing everybody who gets born again has a call and they think they have a call and they start pursuing a call and how many know they do have a call but until you pursue his calling and find out what his calling is, your calling will never work Because basically your calling is part of his calling you see what I mean? If you're a pastor and you decide that you're called to be a pastor and you get to be a pastor and you don't know what his calling is then you will do whatever you think your calling leads you to do as a pastor and chances are you may end up doing the wrong things maybe you want to become rich, maybe you want to live in a big house, maybe you want everybody in the world to know you maybe you want to be famous and if you're called to be a pastor and don't know what his calling is which is to extend the kingdom of God into people's life then you're going to get off track and you're still going to mess up even though you knew your calling it was not in his calling so his calling is more important than your calling people pray Lord show me my calling show me my calling you should be praying show me your calling show me your calling Amen. and then when you understand that you will get your calling to do in his calling are you following me yes. hallelujah all right it says furthermore it says you should know the riches of your inheritance say inheritance. inheritance now you get an inheritance basically when someone dies in your family or whatever we get an inheritance in a spiritual one because someone died His name was Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ died, he left you an inheritance. And the inheritance he's talking about is not a physical one. It is a spiritual inheritance that's been given to you. Righteousness has been given to you. That's a place and a position with God. Peace has been given to you. Joy has been given to you. These are spiritual things. Say spiritual things. Now notice, if you don't understand that peace is a spiritual thing, you allow natural things to steal your spiritual thing. Same way with joy. Joy is a spiritual thing. It's not a natural thing. If you get joy in something that happens in the natural, you'll be happy for about 13 seconds, and then you'll be depressed again. So we want to be joyous of things in the spirit. I can rejoice in the Lord and be peace and happy that, he, that I'm born again. I can be happy that he filled me with his spirit. I can be happy that he's given me a, a life of victory. I can be happy that I'm going to heaven when I die and back to earth later on. I can be happy of all these spiritual things, and that keeps me happy because that's the inheritance that's already been given to me. It also says here, you need to know the greatness of His power that He has to you. Say, to me. me. Say it again, to me. me. I know, most of the church, when I got born again and I came in, I was trying to get God's power. I spent five or six years doing my best to get God's power, praying for power, begging God for power, asking for power. Because I didn't think the power was to me, I thought He was keeping the power from me. And when I got to this certain level, all at once God was going to say, ooh, 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 ooh." he finally grew up. (laughs) Then he was going to zap me, and I was going to have all this power. So I was doing all my best to get power. I didn't understand that this power was already given to me as part of my inheritance, and he'd already given it to me when he'd given me the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're spiritual beings. We need to walk in the joy of the Spirit. We need to walk in the power of the Spirit. All these things that are spiritual are above the natural. Most of the natural, which is demonic, say demonic. Most of the natural, which is demonic, basically comes to pull you back into the natural realm and get you out of the spirit realm. It wants you to agree with things of the natural realm. Well, when you agree with the things of the natural realm, you're not in agreement with God because God is not natural. God is a spirit. The Word of God is spirit. Jesus said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. So why did He want us to know all these things? Well, look at the later verse here. Look at verse 22. Because He has already put things under His feet... And gave him to be head over all things to the, to the, to the, to the, church. now notice, he didn't keep it, he didn't say, okay, and all things been given to me, and you can't do nothing, and you might as well just sit back, que sera, sera I'm going to take care of everything, because it don't matter what you do. No, he says, I've been given all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all. So notice, he took you into a place the day you got born again, say the day you got born again. See, this isn't something you become down the road. This is something that instantly happens when you get born again. You immediately get into a place where you are ahead of everything here on the earth. You have dominion over everything. You have power over everything. And that is not something you earn again. It's something that you get because Jesus paid for it, and it's part of your inheritance. Hallelujah. So all these things are our inheritance. We want to understand them because we're going to fight a spiritual battle. And the spiritual battle that you fight is basically the fight of faith, the Bible says. Why don't we fight the devil? Because the devil's already defeated, isn't he? He's already defeated. So he has to use little schemes and little plans and little thoughts and little situations to try to pull you into the natural realm to line you up with a green in the natural realm. Oh, I'm never going to make it. I just feel so down today. I thought I was depressed yesterday, but I'm even going to be more depressed today. See, none of that stuff is spiritual. He's tugging on the natural so you come in agreement with him so that he can invade your life and get in there. So we want to continue to walk in the power of the Lord and understand that you have power on the inside of me. Put a hand on your chest. Say, I have supernatural Supernatural. Holy Ghost power on the inside of me all right now you don't have to jump and scream and dance and shout and call it down or anything like that it's already on the inside of you how am I going to activate that in situations when I need it I'm going to agree with the power that I have on the inside of me the power that he gave me to rule and reign in this day and this hour so Paul said he was praying for the church they need a revelation they need a revelation well what's that dominion over verse 21 says far above all principality how many know that's spiritual Power, spiritual, might, spiritual, dominion, spiritual, and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come. So that not only gives you victory right now today but it gives you victory next week, next month and even after you die and leave here you still have the same victory because basically it's been given to you and that is your spiritual position. So through this prayer he's telling us number one you need to know your position where you're at, you need to know the power that you have and you need to know what that power is going to be used for. What's it going to be used for? His calling. How am I going to complete His calling? Through my calling that's part of His calling. Are you following me? Hallelujah. Glory to God, that's good. All right, look at Ephesians chapter 2. Look at verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins, now when were we dead in sins, we were dead in sins before we got born again, weren't we? Before we ever received Jesus Christ and Lord and Savior, you were dead in sins, not because you sinned, but because Adam sinned, and basically you were born of Adam at that time when you came into the earth. So when we were dead in sins, He has made us alive together with Christ. How? How? By grace are you saved. Say, by grace. Notice you didn't do nothing to earn it. You can't tell everybody how wonderful, how long you prayed, uh, what a wonderful person you became before he saved you. It was all by what Jesus did for you. He provided salvation for you. Now look at verse 6. And he has raised us up together and made us sit together. Where? In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Now the church has no problem believing that Jesus was raised from the dead. Come on, we get our favorite bonnet and our favorite outfit and Resurrection Sunday comes along and we're yelling, he's alive, he's alive, Jesus is alive, he's alive, he's alive. But very few in the church realize that when he was raised into those heavenly places, you were also raised into those heavenly places. And if you don't understand that, you're going to wonder why if he's raised in heavenly places with all power and authority, why ain't he doing nothing in my situations and my circumstances? If he's got all that power and authority, what's he doing with it? Because you don't understand he gave you that authority and power so that you could rule and you could reign. He never wanted to rule on the earth. He never wanted to have to come down here in this mess. He basically had people who were supposed to come in in his image and likeness and rule and reign here on the earth. They'll let him mess that up. So what did we do? Jesus came and we had take two. Say take two. Take two. So take two is us. We are take two. We get born again. What are we here for? We are here to have dominion here in the earth realm. We are here to dominate. We are here to have God's attributes and God's way of doing things here in the earth realm. So basically that's what we're doing here. And in order to do that, how many know sometimes it takes power? It takes authority to do those things when, when attacks come and when different things come against your life. The Bible tells you that sin shall not have dominion over you but most of the church believes that sin does have dominion over them and whenever they sin that's just the way we are that's just the way God made us no that's not the way he made man originally that's the way man ended up Once he sinned and he fell short of the glory of God. So basically the church needs to teach people that you've been raised and seated. I don't care what you feel like tonight. I don't care what you look like tonight. You've been raised and seated in heavenly places far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. So God is not going to basically, He can't help you if you're not going to use the power you got. And He can't help you if you don't know you got the power. And how many of you, if you don't know you ain't got the power, if you don't think you have it, then you're certainly not going to use it unless you think you got it. So basically the word of God has to go forth, truth has to come, and all at once revelation will come into your life that, hey, man, all these situations and circumstances that have been coming into my life, I've had authority and power over every single one, and I could have ran them right out of my life if I wanted to. See, circumstances and situations should bow their knee to who you are and what you have and the power that you have. When I first got in the ministry, I just started picking up on the cliches of the day you know pastors what do they do oh they can barely make it oh my god they struggle through Uh, they're dealing with 200 weirdos that they're trying to train and move up and oh my gosh half of them quit the ministry in two years and they get all stressed out and da 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 and you know if that's what you're told by other pastors who've been in the ministry for 20 years you think they know something but all they've known was 20 years of misery I found out so I went to the bible to see what that said and it nowhere in there told me that I had to be a pastor who was depressed come on down and out a loser Broke, begging God for money. It's not in there anyway. It told me I'd been raised and seated in heavenly places far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, praise God. So, scripturally, God expects us to dominate the devil in our life. And there's no gray area. You're either dominating in your life or you're not dominating in your life. You are either a victim or you're a victor. You are either the head or the tail. You are either the above or you're the beneath. You are either a winner or a loser. You are either a king or a servant. It's entirely up to you which one you're going to be. All I have to do is find my inheritance and know they're there. Now, if I've entered a kingdom of God and and I'm a king, then since I'm a citizen of a kingdom, I have certain rights. How many of you are American citizens? I mean, you have some rights that legally belong to you. You don't have to go to the government and kneel down and plead with them to give you your rights for a driver's license or any of that stuff. You have legal rights that belong to you because you are a member of a government or a citizen of a government. It's the same way with the kingdom of God. When you became a citizen of the kingdom of God, there are rights that belong to you. You have a right to live joyously. You have a right to live in peace. You have a right to tell the devil where to go. You have a right over sin. You have a right to live in victory 24 hours a day, seven days a week. This is a legal right that you got the day you entered the kingdom of God. And you can do that every single day, but most people, once again, do not know that that's what what they have. So if you don't know your rights, you're certainly not going to enforce your rights because you don't know what your rights are. And some people know their rights and still don't enforce them. But notice, you have legal rights, and God gave you all this stuff through the inheritance of stuff. Why? So that you would rule and reign here on the earth. See, I can have 50 bucks in my wallet and not know it's there, run out of gas and push my car all the way home by three gas stations and sweat and do everything to get there, get home and reach in my pocket find out I had $50. I could have went to the gas station way back there. The problem that I ended up with wasn't because I didn't have $50. Right. It's because I didn't know I had $50, so I went through some suffering. Right. Come on now. I had to push that car for two miles to get it home past the gas stations, Boy, I'd sure to look, like to got some gas, but but what happens, I didn't know. So if I'd have just known, got the gas, and went home, it wouldn't have been And the same way with the Christians. Many people are walking around with healing in their pocket, and power in their pocket, and glory in their pocket. And oh, look at me, it's just so bad, everything's gone wrong, everything's not working. But notice that's not where God took you. He raised you up far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and seated you in heavenly Praises, praise God. The Bible never calls you sick, never calls you depressed, never calls you down out. It calls you more than conquerors in him who loved you. Praise God. All right, go to first John chapter four. Everybody wants to witness, which is good. Praise God. We need to witness. That's what we're called to do. But this kind of lifestyle is a witness in itself. If every time somebody runs into you and you're happy, pretty soon they're going to think you're crazy. Or you know something they don't know. and pretty soon they're going to say, what is the matter with you? Can't you see the country? Can't you see the government? Can't you see what's going on? What is the matter with you? And basically just say, I'm in a different kingdom, sister. i got a different ruler. i got power that people don't know they got down here. i got glory down here. I got... And people want that kind of lifestyle. Like I said one other time, I mean, if you could bottle peace and joy, you'd never have to work again. You could sell it for whatever you wanted to. They would pay any price to get that stuff. But we've got that peace and joy. We've just got to understand we can walk in it every single day. Right, First John chapter four. Look at verse four. it says, "You are of God, little children, and you have past tense overcome them talking about demonic spirits, because greater is He that is in you than he that is where in the world." So first of all, it tells you here, "You are of God, that means you are born of God. Say, "I am born of God." Now how many know if you're born of God, God's a winner, so you were born a winner. God's powerful, so you are probably born powerful. You're a winner and an overcomer. Why are you a winner and overcomer? Notice it says, because greater is he that is in heaven. Greater is he that might show up when you pray. Greater is he that's coming back soon. No, greater is he that is in you has come to live on the inside of you. So the Bible tells us that when Jesus went to the cross, and basically he died on the cross, went to hell, defeated the devil... He got back all authority. We learned that last week. He has all authority, but most of the church once again believes he got that authority and took it back to heaven with him, but he didn't do that. He gave it to the people who we are. He raised and seated us in heavenly places far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and even though you were born a winner, born of God, and born an overcomer, you still need to understand you have someone in you who enables you to live that way. And that's the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God is more than just power. He's wisdom, yeah. knowledge, a good friend, closer than a brother in the time of need. He's there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So I've got access to any situation. i got access to the wisdom to get me through that situation. I don't have to pray for it. I don't have to beg for it because it's in me. Right. How many think when he came in, he might have brought God's wisdom with him? Come on, he brought God's power with him. He brought God's knowledge with him. And all that's on the inside of you today. So you're not begging God to get something, you've already got it in your agreement with it. So you face a situation, you don't face it with the devil getting you to worry or getting you to fear. Why? Because you know that you have the knowledge and wisdom on the inside of you. And if I just stay in connection and peace and joy, I'll be able to hear God's voice. How many of you know have you ever been real stressed out and tried to hear God's voice? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Won't work, will it? You'll hear a bunch of voices. Yeah. You hear all sorts of things, boy, when you're stressed out and you're worried, boy. You'll be hearing it from every side. But see, when you stay in peace, and that's why when situations hit your life, you cannot be pushed off the word of God and taken out of your heavenly position. You gotta stay there. Just relax, take a breath, and wait for God to speak and tell you what to do in the situation. What are we doing? We're living an overcoming life. So we were born of God. Here it says you have overcome the devil as soon as you became a believer you were given the right to resist the devil a right to resist sin, sickness, disease the Bible says these signs shall follow them that believe what should they do they'll cast out devils they'll lay hands on the sick they'll do all these things I mean back back when I went to the Lord for the first time and I mean I, I was a mess uh, so just about 30 years old I was drinking I was depressed I was down I was tired of life the way it was and basically I just went to God and said that's it you know I can't take it anymore this and that and when God nailed me man when he hit me with the power of God and the love of God that day basically what it did it totally changed me immediately say immediately, immediately. And I found out that night through the Spirit of God who came to live on the inside of me that I didn't have to wait 25 years now to live in victory. In other words, freedom had come. It felt like somebody took a whale off my back. Everything was, the grass was greener than I'd ever seen it before. The sky was bluer than blue. What happened? There'd been a change in my life, and the blindness had left me. And at that very time, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, You are a victor. You are a conqueror. You can do these things. So when the temptation came back for me to drink after being touched by God and delivered, I knew that I knew that I knew that I had authority over that in my life. See, we've got dominion, but we're being dominated by the things we should be ruling over. And that makes you feel bad. Because deep on the inside of you, you know you should be ruling over these things. But you're not. Drugs, alcohol, sex, all these things we're in bondage too, not understanding that you've been given authority over all those things, and you don't have to put up. Now, before you got born again, you probably didn't have any authority. You probably had some Coke, had a drink, and had sex all in one night, praise God, back then. But once you got born again, come on now. Once you get born again, <laughs> things changed, didn't it? All at once, you're on top. All at once, you don't have to put up with this stuff. All at once, I don't have to worry. I started saying, my days of worry are over forever. Well, you're a pastor. I don't care. My days of worry are over forever. Well, you're married with two kids. I don't care. My days of worry are over forever. It doesn't change the fact. Everybody wants an excuse for not obeying the word of God. You don't need an excuse. You need an excuse to obey it. And when you look at your life, you're going to find out that you need this stuff. So I found out, man, immediately, I I went for God. You know, I didn't want anything else. I didn't care about nothing else. I went for God, and that's all I went for. Remember the madman of Gadara? I mean, there was a mixed-up dude, wasn't it? He's running around the tombs naked. Come on, cutting himself with stones? Guy's a lunatic. And all at once, Jesus comes and delivers him, and what does he say? I want to go with you and preach the gospel. He didn't do that 10 years later. He did it in the same story. So apparently something happened to him on the inside, basically, that changed him from where he was, naked, running around, scratching himself, into something where he was all at once pursuing God. So it doesn't take a lifetime to do all this stuff. It takes just a second to learn you have it, then start doing it so you learn how to do it as you do it. If you're waiting to get to these positions in God, then you're going to be waiting a long time and not doing them until you believe you got there. So we want to get there right away. We want to believe what he says. Let's see. I'm raised and seated in heavenly places, far above all prince, power, might, and dominion. Well, I sure don't feel like it. But if that's what he said, that's where I'm in. Praise God! You've got power to cast out devils. Well, show me one. I'm going to yell at the thing. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I don't know how to yell at it. Don't know what to say to it. But if that's what it says, or you can say, well, I I wish someday. I would have power to cast out devils. And that day is coming. And you're going to be sitting here through 42 classes in 25 years. And you'll be telling everybody, I'm just about there. I'm only this far off now. I'm getting closer and closer every day. You don't learn like that. You learn by taking revelation and acting on the revelation. That's when the full revelation comes into your life. If you don't do it, it won't help you at all. I don't care how many books you have in your study. I don't care how many tapes you've ever listened to. If you're not doing what the Word of God tells you to do, then you're not growing in the things of God anyway. So we want to do. We want to do the simple things. Simple thing says, "Love your neighbor as yourself." Yeah. Well, I'll do that when I grow up. I'll do that on my 80th birthday when I'm just about to die. See, these are things that are in the Bible. So what am I going to do? I'm going to build that into myself. Who are you? I'm the person who loves my neighbor as myself. Or you're just saying that. Yeah, for right now I am just saying it, but it's better than saying something else. That's right. See what I mean? You're convincing yourself of who you are and then acting like it to get a revelation of it. Are you following me? And this is a victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Faith in what? The devil? In what he says? In what the world says? No, in what the Word of God has already told us who we are and what we can do. So we put faith in those things. You can keep any bondage you want simply by claiming it. See? well I've been bondage to this for years God's going to deliver me someday but I'll tell you what's been a tough bondage oh it's been hard 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 and it, well you're going to stay there you can't agree with bondage and get free of bondage it doesn't work that way I want to agree with God what does that do? releases the power on the inside of me to set me free in every area of our life through the anointing of God that's on the inside of me hallelujah alright go to Romans chapter 5 I mean, I went for years on fire for God. Nobody ever told me this stuff. And i tell you what, if, if, you're, if you're born again, you're excited for God and everything you do for God, you know, reading the Bible and praying all the time and you're still getting beat up all the time, you wonder, you know, yeah, I wasn't getting beat up this bad when I was in the world, for God's sakes. No, I'm a Christian. I'm getting slapped all over the place and things aren't going well and everybody told me to be a better life. Well, it is a better life, but it's not until you learn the wisdom and knowledge of how to operate in the kingdom of God in order to do it. All right, Romans chapter 5. Look at verse 17, for if by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Now, how many know that's talking about Adam? Yeah. Through his offense, death, spiritual and physical, reigned. Much more, they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. So here it's telling you again that you as a person, once you receive through grace and get born again through Jesus Christ, you become what we're talking about in the Sunday sessions, righteous. Say righteous. Righteous what does that do It not only cleanse you of sin but puts you in a right relationship with the government with God and with the devil and as soon as you become righteous then you will have someone come living live on the inside of you by the spirit of God that's why righteousness is so important without righteousness you can't have the spirit of God on the inside of you but since Jesus came and enabled us to become righteous now the spirit of God moves in on the inside of us and here it says basically this is right now you can reign in life how many know you won't have to reign in heaven No devils to cast out there. No sickness to heal up there. No demons up there whatsoever. They've all been cast out and they are gone out of heaven. So this must be talking about right now. We need to rule and reign right now. God expects us to rule. We are kings according to the Bible. Now who do we reign over? Do we reign over our spouse? No. Reign over our fellow parishioners and people in the church? No. No. We reign over demonic entities and the curse and things that are in our life. The Bible actually in the Old Testament tells you can choose you this day, life or death, blessing or cursing. I mean, you know, the choice was up to you. And then God really helps us out and says, choose life. Wasn't that great? I mean, how stupid does he really think we are? That he'd have to tell us what to do. So yeah, he says, choose life. So no, it's up to you whether you're going to, Choose it or not. You were born as a son of God. You're now part of the son of God and part of the family of God. And the Bible says the son of God goes around destroying the works of the devil. And that's what we do on a daily basis, not only in our life, but in other people's life. So we have a lot of people who've been born into the kingdom of God. They are kings, but yet they're being ruled by slaves. See, things they should be ruling over are ruling over them. It shouldn't be that way. We are kings and priests unto God and we should be ruling in every single area of our life. And God wants this. You understand? God wants you to rule and reign. God wants you when that circumstance come to go right through it. God wants you to get in that situation, and just bash it with the word of God and run it out of your life. And uh, he's just sitting up there and say, ooh, hit that thing. Oh, yeah. Hit that thing, hit it. Just nail that. Yeah, yeah. How about you get it? Yeah, nail that thing. Tell him where to go. That's right. Give it to him. But the church has called that pride for years don't you do that only the pastor can do that kind of stuff well that's not true the pastor is here to teach you how to do it or else i don't know what his calling is for goodness sakes so what are we doing we're growing up in the things of god we're starting to rule and reign we're not going to put up with demonic power anymore we are going to rule in every area of our life all right go to ephesians chapter 6 keep seeing a, a picture of a different body of Christ than what I'm seeing right now. And I'm talking about as a whole, not just here, everywhere. I, I see a different body of Christ, a body of Christ that the body of Christ thought they were the body of Christ and are going to find out they weren't quite the body of Christ that they thought they were the body of Christ. <laughs> as revelation keeps coming and we keep understanding and keep growing and keep walking with our heads up high and the crown on top of our head, they are going to see a different kind of church. And I'll tell you what, I think the people in the world are going to flock to that kind of church. But the churchy people are going to get mad. Yes. See, tradition's hard, man. It's tough. That's the way we did it for 50,000 years. and We're going to keep doing it. Has it ever worked? No. But we're going to keep doing it for 50,000 more years because that's the way they told us to do it. If it don't work, for God's sakes, try something different. Even if it's wrong, you'll know and you'll be able to change it. But they get stuck in religious traditions and this kind of stuff that they've been told since they were kids. And and many people don't even like the church they're gone to now and don't even go to it anymore. But they still associate with that denomination. Unbelievable to me, praise God, hallelujah. All right, Ephesians chapter six. Look at verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand. So first of all, it tells you here what we've been talking about now for 11 weeks. We're not fighting flesh and blood. Say, I'm not fighting flesh and blood. Say, my kids are not my problem. My spouse is not my problem. My spouse is not my problem. My pastor is certainly not my problem. And notice God is not your problem. He's not your problem. So principalities, powers, rulers of darkness. Notice rulers of what? Now you've been rescued out of the kingdom of darkness. So they're not ruling over you anymore, are they? They're not doing that anymore. So if you fight people, you'll lose every single time because you go back into the natural realm. you get into unforgiveness, strife, all that Natural stuff that'll mess you up. So the rulers of darkness basically come. And basically, you got to remember, when Adam fell, this whole earth was ruled and under the kingdom of darkness. Yep. So you came here, you got born again, and now you are basically an intruder. Mm-hmm. Yep. Come on. You're an intruder into this earth realm right now. Because it was all darkness and all evil and all demonic. And now once here comes these born-again spiritual beings sent from heaven who show up to try to take over the kingdom that's already been here. So it's not that we were all here having a good time and the devil showed up. No, he was here. And now we're intruding into his, see, we're messing his system up. We're messing his stuff up. So, so then if you're coming into this to change it and you're an intruder, you've got to understand that you just can't live a little mamby-pamby Cute life and not expect to run into things and situations that are going to come your way because they're going to come praise God you got to walk boldly you got to walk strong you got to walk as an ambassador the Bible calls you yeah. so you've got two things you can either live passive in spiritual things and live defeated or you can be bold as a ruler and you'll live persecuted those are your two choices not very good are they but that's the way it is. Because if you stay bold, you're going to get persecuted. That's just the way it is. The Bible, it, one of the promises, you know, all the promises are yes and amen. And the Bible says you live godly, you're going to be persecuted. Oh, I don't like that when we're, <laughs> when we're, Most of the promises are yes and amen. No. See, every promise in there. He's warning you that when you start walking in the power of God and the anointing of God, guess what's going to happen? People are going to get mad at you before it's over with. And if you've got the real tender, I want everybody to love me. The first time you get a little bit bold and somebody yells at you, you're going to go in a corner and cry for 45 minutes. And nobody loves me anymore. Nobody cares anymore. That's all right. Praise God. You must have planted a seed. At least they got mad. They received something anyway. So, hallelujah. Look at verse 11. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, notice he tells who to put on the whole armor of God. And why do you have to put it on? Because you're going swimming? Come on, Halloween party? No you're going to have daily wrestling matches Now notice most of the church thinks this battle belongs to God The battle is the Lord and the victory is ours Well if that's the case then he should have put the armor of God on himself Right if he's going to fight the battle he needs the armor of God Why would he tell me to put it on he needs to put it on if he's going to fight the battle But no he tells us to put on the armor of God Because we're the ones that are going to have to stand against the wiles Say the wiles of the devil Now what are the wiles of the devil Do you know any wiles in your life? Do you have things in your life that that push your button and want to make you tear somebody's throat out? Wile. Come on, worry is a wile of the devil. Fear is a wile of the devil. Strife is a wile of the devil. Anger is a wile of the devil. These are all wiles of the devil that you have authority over and do not have to live in those things because where you're seated and where you belong. So notice it tells you to stand therefore here. Say stand. stand. See, you don't have to go anywhere because when you were born again, you arrived. See, you are already got everything that you need. You're standing there. So when I get in a battle, I want to I fight it from a standing in victory position. I don't want to fight it from a loser position. I want to fight it from a winner position. So when I, I'm going to stand in prosperity. Why? Because God says I'm prosperous. So when I'm going I'm to stand against lack. I'm going to stand against those things. I'm not going to say, oh, my God, that's right. I'm in lack, and now God's got to help me. Because why? You just pulled yourself out of heavenly places now you're down here in the earth trying to have a fight and you can't win that fight you've got to stay in heavenly places you already have been healed by the stripes of Jesus you're healed so when sickness comes I'm not going to go and ask God to heal me I'm going to stand in my healing and say get off my body get out of my symptoms you go in Jesus name and you get out of my body forever praise God what am I doing it I'm doing it from a position of victory how many know we've been given peace Peace, it passes understanding we have. How many of you ever had your peace attacked? How many in the last week? How many in the last hour? Yeah, it's going to be attacked all the time, is it? It's going to come. But I've got peace and nobody's going to steal. The Bible says it's joy. I have a joy that the world can't take from me. Unless you have worldly joy. I lost my joy because your joy was in the world to begin with. Then it took it from you. If your joy was in God, nobody can take it from you because they can't do anything to God. Come on, are you following me? That's good right there. You better get that. Because every time you lose your joy, your joy was in something that the devil could steal from you. He can't steal God from you. He can't steal the anointing from you. He can't steal power from you. So if my joy is in those things, he can't do anything about it. That's right. He can't take my joy anymore. But you see, Christians, oh, one day, next day, up and day, next day, up and oh, goodness sakes, up and down, up and down. What are they doing? They're getting wore out, aren't they? They're like a roller coaster. Shh oh church on Sunday was great it's the greatest time i ever had this is the worst week I've ever had in my whole life here comes Wednesday I'm feeling better already thank God for the world. oh I'm feeling terrible up and down up and down and that's okay to start with but hopefully you'll have more uppy before you have a downy and your downy only lasts a little bit before you go uppie again see that's what we're doing we're trying to stabilize say stabilize, stabilize. all right go to Ephesians chapter 4 <coughs> All right, Ephesians chapter 4, look at verse 27. It says, neither give place to who? The devil. The, devil. the Kenneth Weiss translation says, stop giving the devil an opportunity. Yeah. Stop giving the devil an opportunity. Now, is this a suggestion or is it just a good idea or is this a command? Yeah. It's a command. Now, notice, who's responsible for not giving the devil a place in your life? It's us. Now, he wouldn't tell us to do something that we couldn't do and then laugh at us because we can't do it. He's telling us things that we can do. So I can shut the devil out of my life if he commands me to do that. Now, where's the devil trying to get in my life most of the time? That's right, right up here. Right up here. And if he gets in here, the next spot he's going to get in is where? Right down here. Right in your mouth. The Bible says, why do you take the thought sane? How do I take a thought? I speak it. So that means if I can stop the thought that comes in before it gets to my mouth, it'll be unborn in the earth realm. But once I speak it, once I release it it's born into this earth realm and then you may have to fight to get the thing back out of the earth realm so he's going to come with thoughts isn't he he's going to tell you you can't do this and you can't do that and you don't have any joy and I'm stealing your peace and I'm doing this and it's feeling sad and not feeling good and blah 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 so what I want to do I don't want to give the devil place in my life that's why the Bible says we need to cast down every thought and every imagination that exalts itself against the word knowledge of the word of god so when these thoughts come the best thing i want to do is get rid of them as quickly as possible don't i and i just can't sort of block them i can't not think ever try to do that try to not think it doesn't work so i'm gonna to have to answer it like jesus did and say it is written it is written so something comes and says, oh, it ain't going to go good today. Praise God, you ain't taking my peace. I got the peace that passes all understanding. And I got the anointing power, and I got the wisdom of God. I ain't got no problem. Why? Because knowledge. And I'll tell you what, the more knowledge and wisdom you get, the easier this kingdom walk is. Yeah. It's like anything else, even in the natural realm. When, when I used to play golf a lot, I played golf all the time. But I played golf enough to where if I got in a sand trap, I knew enough to get out of it and still get close to the pin. But I played with other people who did not have the knowledge so when they got in the sand trap, they'd be swinging in the sand, fly, the ball wouldn't move. They'd be swinging in the sand, fly, the ball wouldn't move. And it didn't make me any better than them. I just knew how. Right, right. See? It's not because I had better clubs. Not because God shined his light on me. <laughs> See? It's just because God likes you. No, it's not. It's because I've got wisdom and knowledge in that situation of what to do. Come on now. See? Of what I do. Yeah, God likes you more. That's another one. He loves you. Don't love me. You must go to church more than me. Now you're trying to earn something you can't get anyway. Come on now. It's that way in every area of your life. It's wisdom and knowledge that allows you to know things. Well, We want to get revelation of spiritual wisdom and knowledge so we know how to rule and reign in situations, especially when the enemy comes in. If you know how to handle the situation, it's pretty much over. You know what? When offense tries to get on you, you know that you never get offended. They can't go nowhere with it. Can't do nothing. They bash your feelings, bash your emotions. You say, I'm sorry. I don't care how bad I feel. Don't make any difference because I don't get offended. Praise God. That's just the way it is. What have I done? I've shut him out. I've blocked him off. So what do you do? You'll try to find another avenue. How many know there's a lot of avenues? Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. All right, go to First Peter chapter 5. everybody wants a miracle fix everybody wants to go through the drive through of Christianity and come up to solve their problem but it's not that way it's a growth in your own life and learning things in your own way and it's simply obeying the word of God you know couples come to me and they're about ready to beat each other up and tear everybody up my question is are you loving them what's that got to do with it (laughs) Well, it's got to do with the Word. The Word says you're supposed to love your spouse, praise God. Well, he don't love me. Well, I'm sorry it doesn't say in there anywhere. See, they, they want me to, to wave the magic wand over them, and they're going to go out holding hands with hearts, following them all the way as they leave the building, and all these red hearts are following them. It doesn't work that way. You do it by obeying the Word of God and doing what it tells you to do. Same way with money problems. First question every time, do you tithe? Well, what does that have to do with anything? That's God's kingdom way. That's the way he does things. That's the way you, that guy don't go to him for marriage counseling. Oh God. God just wants your money. He wants your money, that's what he wants. First thing he wants to do is get a tithe. That's what, No, I'm trying to help you. See? It worketh for me. I know it'll worketh for you, praise God. But nobody wants to hear that. No, no. Wave the magic wand and everything's gonna work. Don't work that way, praise God. All right, first Peter chapter five. Look at verse six. It tells you to humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. How do I do that? Claiming to be a sinner, worthless, no good, can't do nothing, God's great, I'm small, He's wonderful, I'm stupid. No, that's what humility's been for years. No, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him. Why? Because He cares for you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Number eight, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in the brethren that are in the word. So here, what's it talking about? It's talking about the adversary. Who's your adversary? Now notice, he's not your teacher. He's not your instructor. He's not your character builder. He's your adversary. And what do we want to do? We want to resist him. This is your job, not God's job. Oh, God, resist the devil. No, you resist the devil. And if you don't resist the devil and don't go, you can't blame God because you didn't resist the devil. Here it tells you to be sober, be vigilant. Now, if you're going to be sober, where are you going to be sober at? What part of you? Your mind, aren't you? Well, right back to your mind, trying to stay sober. What is sober? Sober is an agreement with the Word of God. Sober is thinking on the things of God. It's in your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. How many know your soul can get drunk with worries? Yeah can get drunk with cares can be drunk with lies and unbelief in your life pretty soon you can't believe anything anymore and i'll tell you sometimes it, it goes in in i don't know spells or something for five days everything in the bible you read it you believe it and then the next day you wake up you don't feel like you believe anything anymore why is that because we're still trying to stay stable he doesn't want you to understand how to live in victory because if you do you're going to extend the kingdom. And now you're not just an intruder, but you're snatching parts of his kingdom every single day and people out of darkness into his marvelous light. And you're setting people free of what he wants to do to them. And and so he can't let you do this, see? He wants you to worry. He's begging you to worry. He's begging you to be afraid. He's coming at your mind. This one don't like you. They don't like you. They don't care about you. He wants that strife and that stuff in there. He wants you to start running your mouth. Why is that? Because he's afraid of you. He's afraid you're going to understand what's going on. So we want to be sober. We, we don't want to worry, and worry is one of the things that's there. So the devil, here it says, is prowling around looking whom he may. Say may. 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 Now notice, people played the game when they were smaller. They played mother may I. Yes. And you didn't go unless and he said mother may I. Then you could go. Well, the devil will come along and you'll say you may not. Mm-hmm. Will you worry today, devil? I will not. So he can't advance. See, he's got to ask you to agree with him. And here it says once again that temptation comes to every man. Say every man. man. So it comes to everybody who's been born again and in the kingdom of God. You're not the special case. You're not the one with the ministry. that's so wonderful that the devil and all his demons are all on you and everybody else is living free. My God, I hear some people in the ministry, you think every demon of hell was against them 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. I guarantee they never even saw the big D yet. They just saw the little demons running around there someplace, praise God. Notice, that ain't it. It's going to happen. He warns you here. It's going to happen. It's going to come against every man. Well, then why do some men go right through it and come out on the other side, and some men get depressed, fall down, and fall apart? Well, it's not because God lives one more than He lives the other one. Once again, it's because one is in the wisdom and knowledge of God. They understand who they are. They know how to live in victory, so they are living in victory. And it's good that we have people to do that, because they need to help the ones that can be devoured. And pull them out of being devoured in their life. So worries and cares here is an open door to demonic power. Do not meditate on the lies of the devil. Do not be afraid, Jesus said, only believe. It doesn't say here, cast some cares on him. It says, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. I think the Bible says that you have been made a king and a priest. You know, there's not a whole lot of kings worrying out there right now. I mean, if something comes after him, he just has your head cut off. <laughs> come on, he's in the palace. Ain't nobody going to come get him. You got a whole army to chop their right head. He ain't afraid of anything. He wants your money. He just come and take it. He's not worried about anything. So as kings and priests, when we get to that place about not worrying, I think that's the place you get to when the, all these things start to be added to you. When you start, I think it's your worry that stops these things that God wants to get into your life because you are not trusting God, or you wouldn't be worrying to begin with. Worry, I'll tell you, is the most worthless thing you can do. So notice what he wants to do. He's seeking whom he may devour. Say devour. devour. Now what do you devour with? Your mouth. your mouth. You devour with your mouth. So the devil is a spirit. He cannot bite you, so how is he going to devour? He's going to devour you with words, thoughts, and words. Go to Galatians chapter 5. Right, Galatians chapter five, starting verse thirteen. It says, "For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this: Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. Now notice, here he's he's not talking about the devil, is he? He's talking about people." talking about people in the church who can devour one another well how does the devil devour he can't do it himself he doesn't have a body so he has to put thoughts in someone's mind he has to put dumb thoughts in their mind get them to a place to where they start speaking words of devour towards other people and we end up devouring each other he just can't devour you he needs a physical body to operate so he goes after people he goes where do church splits come from the devil got in and he's doing some devouring before. Somebody believed it. Somebody got mad, got their little camp. They got their little camp. Pretty soon camp, camp, camp. First you had the first church of God. Then you had the second church of God. Then the third church of God. Then the fourth church of God. Then the church of God. I can't stand the other four churches of God. And What is it? It's church bliss. Where do they come from? From devouring with this thing right here. This thing right here. You've got, you've got to shut that down in your life. And it's hard because as human beings, we like that. like it when somebody starts talking about especially if I don't sort of like that person they're talking about I want to help them eat that person up see and that's where we get that's where we get in church the devil comes puts thoughts into your mind all the time and then you start talking about these things and saying it what are you doing you're being used by the devil to devour other people and puts thoughts in their mind so they start devouring and pretty soon you've got a whole buffet in your church before it's over with see and it'll work on your mind man don't think for other people one of the things I, best things I ever learned is I don't have to think for everybody else. We try to. I know what they were thinking. No, you don't. Well, they walked right by me and didn't say a word to me. I know what they're thinking. No, you don't. They're thinking that, you know, I didn't talk to them the other night when we were at the party, and they're just mad at me because I usually talk to them, and I didn't talk to them, so they're, they're probably mad at me. And you know what? I don't care. If that's the way they're going to be, I'm going to tell Sister Susie exactly how they're acting, and Sister Susie can tell Brother Leroy, and Leroy, we're all going to get together and we're going to see, and you don't have any idea. Quit thinking. you got enough trouble thinking for you. You don't need to think for everybody. I know that's what they're thinking. No, you don't. You have no idea what they're thinking. Now, if they say it, you know what they're thinking. Are you following me? So don't think it. That Man, you can mess yourself up. You've got 82 people that hate your guts, and none of them even dislike you, all because you're taking all these thoughts in, and you're thinking that way. So don't think for other people. Think for yourself. Now, if they speak it, if they say you're dumb, you know what they're thinking. You don't have to say, let's let's determine that, let's pray in the Holy Ghost for a little bit, no, they think you're dumb, you get it, and then you got to not be offended, you got to find out why you're stupid, you know, and what you can do to change it or whatever, but, but once it's spoken, see that's the difference, what comes out of your mouth goes through your mind first, and shows you what's going on, all right, go to James chapter 4, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind, can't even spare it, you want to give a piece away. Alright, James chapter 4, look at verse 7 It tells you to submit yourself therefore to God Resist the devil and he will Alright, here we go Submit yourselves therefore to God Notice whose responsibility is that It's yours tells you to resist the devil Whose responsibility is that And he will flee Whose responsibility is that Okay, so the word submit here, if you look it up, basically means to obey or agree with God or agree with God's words, God's thoughts, God's attitude. God will not force you to submit to Him. You need to submit to Him by finding out through the Word of God. The Bible says, be not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove the perfect will of God. How am I going to prove the perfect will of God unless I Know the perfect will of God And I learned the perfect will of God Which is God's word His will is His word So by studying His his word I know His will Now I'm going to prove His will So when something comes into my life The first thing I'm going to do is submit to God Say submit to God God. So that means when a symptom hits my body And my mind is shouting you're sick The first thing I don't want to say is I'm sick as a dog Are you following me? I didn't line up. Oh, my gosh, I heard that. I am just getting so worried. You're already backtracking. You're already backpedaling. You're not submitting to God. You want to agree with God. So my best thing is, my God has said. So a symptom hits my body. I say, my God has said that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. That means that I don't even tell the devil that I thought I thought it up, but I don't already know what God said. So I'm bringing God into it. So basically I'm going to tell him what's going on. Resist means to oppose, to stand against, to not allow to enter. And the devil will flee. This word means run in stark terror away from. So I'm to submit to God, resist the devil, and he will free. Now notice, everything's got to do with us To rule and reign and to live as a king We're the ones who must put on the armor of God We're the ones who must resist the devil We're the ones who are going for revelation From the spirit of God on the inside Basically because you've been raised and seated in heavenly places Far above all principality Power, life and dominion Now how does this start? It starts by you starting to practice it tonight and then you take it into the next day well sometimes you may go in the wrong direction a little bit just stop, repent, replace it with the word of God and kick right back in again this doesn't happen overnight it's not like a genie and all at once I'm never going to think devil thoughts again they come against your mind but a good way to stay away from demon thoughts is to stay filled up with God's thoughts because you can't get a million thoughts in your mind at the same time it would explode for God's sakes so it comes in Kenneth Hagin says that any bird can come and land on my head but I'm not going to let it make a nest some people have demons come and land on their head and they stay there for days, praise God, riding around. No, you can get rid of them right away. You say, that ain't of God. That's not what God would say. God didn't say I'm that. He didn't say I'm weak. He didn't say I'm down and out. He didn't say I'm tired. He didn't say I'm poor. He didn't say all this. He said, let the weak say I am. Let the poor say I am. Let the redeemed of the Lord. So that's what I'm going to say, isn't it? I'm going to line up with that. What have I done? I've submitted to God. Now resisting the devil is easier. As soon as you line up with God and you speak the word of God, it's Saranara, adios, goodbye. And he's got no entrance into your life. But he'll try to continue to try to find that spot. I mean, no, we have spots. See? Spots in our life that he knows he might be able to weasel in there just a little bit. So those are the spots we want to correct. We want to stand against those things. We want to keep him out. And you'll come to a place pretty soon where you'll get to a real place of deliverance where you get you off your mind. Oh, Jesus. Most of the time you're unhappy because you're full of you in your mind. Think about it. They didn't do that for me. They said that about me. Well, they should have did that for me. Well, my goodness, I did that, so they should have did that. That's for sure. What are you doing? You're so full of you that you can't even get in. God's plan is not you. You understand? You're you're here to give out. You're a giving person. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. What for? Because he was full of himself? No, he died for each and every one of us. He had nothing to do with it. And that's why the Bible says we live by the blood of the Lamb. The word of our testimony. And what's the last verse? We love not our lives unto ourselves. Can I just stop at the first two, please? The blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony and confess I'm blessed, I'm healed. I'm. Not. No, you got to go to the third part. And the third part is getting rid of that self-love. Me, me, my, my. I got to have my way and I'm losing it. That's what steals your peace more than anything. You're not getting your way. You were that way when you were three? And some people have perfected it by the age of 40. Come on now. You know, I'm telling you the truth, but I, you know that makes you feel terrible. It don't make you feel good. No, 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 no. You've got to get that off your mind. It's not all about you, it's all about Him and His kingdom. That's what it's all about, and that's where the peace and joy is. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the. Holy Ghost, Father I thank You for Your Word tonight I thank You for once again opening our eyes to Your Word Father I thank You that Revelation just went wild in here tonight That people have been touched in so many different ways And each person got what they needed to get tonight They may may think they left into 20 different sermons But You hit them exactly where they needed to be hit And that's what we like, Holy Ghost We thank You for it, give You praise for it We thank You for this beautiful Christmas season We thank You for being born here and loving us enough To suffer and die and bring us into Your Kingdom of God And we thank You that we want Your call to be our call So we can finish them both and give you praise for it. In Jesus' name and everybody said, Amen. Amen.